Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Shuttlepod podcast, our first podcast of 2022. Woohoo! Episode number 102. Ooh. Not counting supplementals. And Not counting supplementals, right. Um, yeah, today is is January 11th, 2022. Um, we're back. We've been gone a while, so we yeah, we haven't done a podcast in a couple months. Yes. I think it was October, right? It was. Late October was the last one we put out and yeah. uh, sort of went on our um, unannounced hiatus, but very yeah. needed hiatus. Yeah. It was not an intended hiatus. It just <laughs> no. ended up working out that way. But yeah, we are back. We're feeling energized. It's a new year. And yeah, new things and things to thought, look forward to. We, yeah, we thought that coming into the new year would be a good time to have a podcast talking about what we're most looking forward to in 2022. Yep. There is so much going on in Star Trek right now. And I do want to shout out to um, an article that um, a lot of the Trek movie editors contributed to. Um, that's up on trekmovie.com right now that's looking um, at this very subject uh, basically what we're looking forward to in 2022 um, and we thought this would be a perfect way to kick off the podcast and uh, bring in the new year with some good Star Trek cheer I like the sound of that <laughs> absolutely great idea Kayla but before we begin let me look back one holiday to briefly and publicly thank my friend Kayla for a thoughtful Christmas present she sent me. Is that okay? Oh, please. Of course. So, so Kayla and I both bought homes last year. Um, and one of the things that one of my uh, missions at the uh, Las Vegas convention was to get Star Trek themed uh, coasters for my new house. So the next time you come to visit any of the good children of the shuttle pod, I will have a variety of uh, um, classic Star Trek coasters for you to use now one evening i wasn't thinking very clearly it was late (laughs) i was tired and i put one of them in the dishwasher which destroyed it because i want to note that these are made of cardboard yes yeah and and ideally if they get a little dirty you just (laughs) sort of wipe it down anyway so i learned that lesson the hard way and i sent kayla a picture of it oh uh i just texted it to her because we've been talking about it and so for Christmas, she sent me an entire replacement set of Star Trek coasters. Oh, uh, that was, was very, very sweet, kind okay. of you. That's and the irony is I only destroyed one coaster. I didn't destroy oh. the whole set. <laughs> so, you know, I was going to be okay, but now I have doubles. Perfect. I actually thought you put them all in there. I assumed. No, just one. Um, and <laughs> I felt so un- sad because un- you were so un- proud of them. I know, and it, they were only like 10 bucks too, for like two dozen coasters. Yeah. Unfortunately, the one I put in there was like the classic Enterprise, uh-huh. not like the, the Kazon Raider. If right. it had been the Kazon Raider, <laughs> yeah. I think I probably would be okay without it, right? But that's a, that's a bad one to destroy. Yeah. I'm actually using, I have the same coaster set, which is why we we're talking about this, and I'm using currently the Romulan Bird of Prey TOS, uh-huh. the one with like the bird painted on the bottom of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Love that. So on my desk in my office, I have the Ferengi Marauder, for which I have water on, and then the U.S. Defiant, which I put Diet Pepsi on in the mornings. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Anyway, on, thank you, Kayla. On the desk I'm recording this on, I have all my Eagle Moss Enterprises, ranging from the NX-01 to the Enterprise from Star Trek Beyond. Nice. Oh, all cool. Of all of them, yeah. That's a pro- I would I would like to see a photo of that at some point. I shall. I shall. Yeah, that I actually shall. sounds terrific. I will make one for you. 
Just don't get mad when you travel back in time and destroy all your little ships, Brian. <laughs> These look a lot nicer than the ones Jean-Luc had in his ready room. <laughs> yeah, <I bet>. <laughs> <laughs> These actually look wow. like they're made of something that wasn't manufactured <laughs> 10 minutes beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> but we digress. Anyway, yes, 2022 Star Trek. That's what we're here to talk about. That's what we're here to talk about. Okay, so do we just want to walk through this article, or we want do we want to talk about like top line things that we're individually excited for? Um, yeah, I think we should highlight you know what we're most interested in, what we're most looking forward to personally. Um, if someone wants to read the whole article for absolutely everything that's coming out, um, they can certainly do that. And doing the math, it looks like we're going to get at least forty one and possibly as many as fifty one episodes of new Star Trek in 2022. Yeah, wow, that's, that's a lot. lot. Yep. And that's, that's not, that's just the TV shows. That's not counting all the other stuff that's going on, which we'll talk about. Right. That's, that's like mid nineties level production. Like more, more than that. Right. Well, I guess, yeah, if you, they used to do more episodes per season. So but yeah, like more, when... more stories going on, more um, shows going on than yep. ever before. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a lot more variety. Yeah, so we have Prodigy, Discovery, Picard, Strange Ship Worlds, and Lower Decks. It's a lot of stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's more than any other time I've been mm-hmm. alive or otherwise. I think the thing that I'm looking forward to most, which is, it kind of seems silly even saying it, but is um, the rest of season one of Prodigy, which has already started airing. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of its first season, and I've really enjoyed the first half of the first season. Um, oh, good. I think that, you know, the characters they're building are fun. The episodes are really short, so you kind of get to the end and you're like, oh my gosh, that's it. We only get, whatever, 22 minutes, then we have to wait another week. Um, but we're getting five more episodes of, of Prodigy to finish out the season in 2022. And I'm excited, um, partly because it's the first season um, of this, to see how they finish it up, how they wrap up the story. Um, it's certainly a much different style of storytelling than we get in like Discovery or Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how they wrap up the story differently and how they use the um, season long arc to tell a story. Um, because some of the decisions that they made with like Discovery and Picard season one, um, I felt like I was left wanting a lot of times in terms mm-hmm. of the overall arc. And so I'll, I'm interested to see how they use that in Prodigy. Um, and then, of course, we have a brand new show that's really, really highly anticipated, uh, Strange New Worlds, that's right. coming this year. Right. I think if you had to take a poll of Star Trek fans, this is probably the one that they're most curious about. And maybe not everybody's excited about it equally, but I think this is the one everybody's definitely like curious to see how they're going to approach, approach it for a variety of different reasons. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it's an important show for Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. It kind of has to, it's it's a tricky show to pull off because obviously, you know, it's very TOS adjacent. Mm-hmm. And from a canon standpoint, from a tone standpoint, there's a lot of different things you have to tap dance with. So it's going to, mm-hmm. they definitely have their work cut out for them doing it. But, you know, I think uh, we're definitely all going to check it out and hope, hope that, sure. you know, and, you know, and speaking to what you were just saying, Kel, about the arcs, these are supposed to be more, this is supposed to be more like a quote unquote traditional Star Trek show. 
Mm-hmm. So a story of the week, planet of the week, whatever you want to call it, um, with an overarching, overarching arc, apparently somewhere in there, but it will not be a constant thread. I think a lot of I people are excited is, about that. I'm excited that's, about that's that. That's a better way to do it. Yes. That's I would much rather watch a new story every week. Me too. Yeah. Especially since the serialization has been very good in season two of Lower Decks, and it appears it's going really well with Prodigy, but the live action up to this point has not done a really good job with serialization. They build it up, and then the back half sags. So yeah, exactly. It's best for them, I think, that this format, the traditional Star Trek format, I think, at least for this show, I think could definitely benefit it. There's, there's also the idiom, you gotta walk before you can run. And like they didn't start doing more serious, uh, like earnest serialization in Deep Space Nine, till like halfway through season four, right? Yeah, yeah. So they they figured a lot of stuff out, and then they tried to be more ambitious, rather than we're going to tell the most important story in human history before we've even <laughs> figured out how to uh, who who the main character is. Legit. Yeah. No, I right. totally agree. Right. And even even I mean, if you look at Deep Space Nine too, that's very serialized compared to all of its pre- predecessors, but it's nowhere oh, near course. like what, you know, modern no. serialized television. Absolutely. Is, so. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and, and serialization can have a lot of advantages, but it can also, uh, I, I think it can overwhelm people. Like, I think I've told you two before, like I loved Battlestar Galactica when it was on, but I've never gone back to rewatch it because I feel like I have to watch four seasons. It's a major commitment. To watch, yeah. yeah, one episode. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely a problem. And, you know, the problem is because these streaming services are demanding that these show many, not all of them, but many of these shows have to be serialized. They're coming up mm-hmm. with stories that sometimes can't withstand 10 or 12 episodes. They're meant to be five or six. So mm. you get these shows that yeah. don't need to be as long as they are. And then and somewhere along the way, they kind of sag and they sometimes lose their audience because they're they're not stories that needed all that time to be told. Okay, and what that reminds me of is the 24 TV show with Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, where, yeah. Like the idea of each out each episode is an hour of his day. Like that's clever in, in concept. And then you get like eight episodes into it. And you're like, wait, you just completely changed what you were doing at 2 a.m. What, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I found the best thing to do when watching 24 was not to think about things too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of ha- like like how come Jack never has to go to the bathroom or recharge his phone? Anyway, anyway, that's one of the problems that you can run into if you over serialize. I-, I think if you're only doing like five or six episodes and you plan a story there, that's great. But if you if you try to do too many, your reach will exceed your grasp. Right, right. Much like Data when he tried to win over Jenna Desora. <laughs> he he uses that idiom. He says, "Once again, my reach appears to have exceeded my grasp." Yeah. And then Very she kisses good. him on the cheek. Yeah. Was yeah, a so- great episode, Kayla. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be an intriguing, intriguing show. Yeah, I think Strange New Worlds, in concept, um, hits all the things that a lot of people had been sort of saying that they wanted. A lot of people. Um, so like this, doing a more planet of the week format, going back to that, um, Anson Mount, just in general, was like such a triumph yes. on Discovery. And yeah. he has seemed to be a huge cheerleader of the Strange New World show 
you know, in general and of this episodic format. Mm. Um, I, th I think if it feels like, at least on the very basic level, a lot of things about the show are designed to satisfy old school Trek fans yeah. who, you know, were feeling like like discovery was too different or wasn't their jam you know and so this is like a discovery flavored thing that has all these other beats in it um yeah. but that it remains to be seen what is actually going to be i'm mm -hmm. i'm i have to admit i'm kind of worried about the show okay how why are you worried kayla let's explore that not because there's anything that's specific that's given me pause um but it's like brian said this thing you know it has to be it has to be good. It's like it's like they're trying to hit a home run with a certain group of fans, and if this ends up just being another discovery, and I think you know a lot of people who have worked on Discovery are working on Strange New Worlds. It certainly and is set in the same universe, so they're not gonna they're not gonna like de age things. They're not gonna make it look more like TOS. I think they're gonna stick to the more modern look yeah, of which, everything which they they have to they have to do that. i they think have they to. have to do that they yes. have to because it's it's a spin-off directly of discovery right so you know we'll see it, 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 are the people who for the people who didn't like discovery who are looking to strange new worlds to be the modern track for them is this gonna is this gonna do it for them or is this just gonna be really similar to discovery because do we even for people who like discovery do we need two different thing versions of discovery on tv mm -hmm. Or can this really stand alone and be its own thing? I'm I'm really curious to see. I suspect that this show is going to pivot away from Discovery, and you're not going to really hear much talk about anything associated with Discovery. I suspect you're too right. much. I think this show is going to try to bathe itself in TOS. I, th I think that's the whole point. So it'll, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. This, but I just this could be a very very deep kind of Trek thing. So we'll see. Yeah, I wonder we'll how how tonally. How with, you mentioned tone earlier. Tonally, is this thing going to feel more like Discovery or is it going to feel like, are they going to invent a new tone for the show, which is what I hope they would do? I think they're going to try to take the original series feel and just tweak it up to a more modern tone. I think that's all they're going to do. I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel with this. I really don't. I think this is not, that's not the point of this. This is very clearly a dip into the nostalgia file. Like that's what this is. That's dangerous too, because if you take a character like Spock and you give him new facets of his personality that he didn't have before. Yeah. Yeah. Spock is very, yeah. When, when this start series was announced, he was the first thing I thought of because you, yeah, you can't due to where Spock was in that point, this point in his life when he's with Pike and the, and the, the growth we know is coming. Yeah. You are very much kind of constricted as to what you can do with him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's and they've be already like they, they've already tried to show us a totally different Spock. Um, and I don't know if the reasoning behind that is that, you know, if there's, because Michael Burnham is there and having some influence on his life growing up or something. And they're showing us that inside, but they had, we had the short track with him, like singing in the turbo lift. Oh yeah. And that, that is directly tied to strange new worlds in my, in my mind. Yeah, maybe, maybe. 
So my question is following the success of Spider-Man No Way Home, will they do a multiverse crossover where they bring in Bruce Greenwood from the Kelvinverse? <laughs> yes. And then and then do a CGI recreation of Jeff Hunter and give fans what they've always wanted, which, which is three different pikes. I mean, you could put them put the makeup on anyone and put them in the black beepy box. It wouldn't matter what actor you got. That's true. That's true. Because I don't believe that's that why, was Jeff Hunter. Right. No, that's why no, they did that. that. It was not. Yeah. Yeah. And then the adventure involves them all going to Colorado. And the name of the episode can be Pike's Peak. <laughs> I love it. I'm just so giving these here. ideas away for free. We're done right? here. And that's that's, it. You know, it, it is remarkable, though, like. There have been three actors who have played Christopher Pike, and they are all really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also all very different, right? I mean, yeah. I've never for a second thought that Ensign Mount is the same. That's the same character as we see in The Cage. Yeah. It yep. does still crack me up, though, that like all of the writers throughout time have decided that the keystone of Pike's life is that he ends up in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like they couldn't resist it in the mm-hmm. Kelvin verse movies. They had to put him in a wheelchair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think they figure that's how everybody knows the guy, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. and like sure. I feel bad for him. Yeah. He's more than just his wheelchair. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, we don't know exactly when this, this show's come out. It's going to be coming out. It looks, it seems, it feels like more of a fall show at this point. Because Picard, I think is, we're supposed to see Picard in the spring. And I think that they don't, Discovery is, does not have another season in production at the moment. Mm-mm. So it's, it would seem like if they're going to, now they typically, with the exception of what's happening right now, they typically like to spread this stuff out. So we may not see Strange New Worlds until the fall. That's true. So there could, there's going to be a lot of anticipation. I'm sure they're going to throw the entire marketing machinery that they have at this. Because to the general public, and we've discussed this before, as much as you know, TNG was a big hit, to the general public, Star Trek is that show, that old TV show with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Mm. <laughs> and mm. I think they're going to try to lean heavily into that when they market it to try to get people to, who don't normally watch Star Trek to watch Strange New Worlds. Mm. That's my guess. So the, the other thing they're trying to do now, and by they, I mean everyone with a streaming service, is... People will join a streaming service to watch what they want to watch and they'll have it for a month and then they'll dump it. So the goal is to kind of like a a monkey swinging through the jungle won't let go of one vine until he's holding on to another. (laughs) So they keep going from one series to another so that people never drop it. Right. This is why there's such a why Disney Plus alternates between, okay, we have a Marvel show this month and then we have a Star Wars show next month. Right. Right. right? So that people never drop it. And obviously – um, Star Trek is orders of magnitude smaller than both of those combined, but they're still trying to do the same idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly they they want to have you you'd have a reason to subscribe all year long for sure. Yeah, or or better, or rather, a, a reason not to unsubscribe. Sure, and it makes sense. You know, I would rather watch one at a time rather than try to keep up with like three shows yeah. airing at once. Absolutely, it's too much. That, Absolutely. that would be stupid. It, it would there'd be no reason to do that. To, no. to, to eat their own fandom that way. Right. Right. Which is why these shows, like they have the weirdness that's going on right now with Trek with discovery on hiatus and then prodigy running. And then they're both going to run concurrently for a little while. I think that was just a, 
an unintentional accident. They're not, they're not supposed to be running concurrently like that. So I think they're definitely going to keep things spread out. Well, before we move on to other um, categories, is there other anticipated TV stuff you guys wanted to mention? Okay, so I have to say, and I'm going to be that guy, the thing I'm most excited about is season three of The Orville. All right, yeah. Ah, right, that, I mean, I just... That's on the list. That show's been off I mean, the air yes, a long time. How <laughs> long has it been now? Years. A couple of years, at least. Yeah. Two, two years. Two years, Right, and yeah. they've lost an enormous amount of momentum, which is which is terrible. Um and you know a lot of that is out of Seth MacFarlane's hands because of COVID and whatnot. But right. um, that's that's the thing that I uh, in the last five years or so from making air quotes Star Trek that I've been enjoyed the most and have evangelized to other people the most and am most excited to see come back. It looks like it's going to be a little bit different. Looking at the image on our article, mm-hmm. there are some faces I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, that blue alien and the lady with the pointer ears, and then the blonde lady in the front. I don't recognize yep. those three. I recognize no, me the neither. other ones. Me neither. And they're also redid the sets I, too. I, and of course, um, uh, may rest in peace. Norm Macdonald is not coming back as oh, Yafet. So that's right. Gosh. Oh, he. I think he is in the season. Oh, so they got the the audio of him. Yeah, I think he did a bunch of. Gotta remember, this show started production before COVID. They were, I think, they were like halfway through their production schedule when COVID hit, and he was still okay, good. alive and you know at that point. And I think, I think, I could be wrong, but I think I remember hearing that he had actually done some stuff for the third season of Orville. Okay, I'm I'm sure that will factor in then, like that he'll have to be written off. And yeah, they might write. Yeah, he, they'll write him off. He's he's been terrific. Yeah, to have that that little bit of a. The uh, goopy alien comic <laughs> relief type of thing. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. The show's gonna, it's gonna look different. Like it's, uh, I think they're spending more money on it. So this is definitely like the big. I think their big push to you know, really give the, the show a chance to become something. So we'll see. I still have to finish um, the second season. I have not even finished the second season of that show. Oh really? Yep. I got about three quarters of the way through the season, and I just got distracted by something else. I have to go back and have a look. Because I enjoy the show. I don't love the show, but I, I, you know, it's a cute little, it's a fun show. I think it's, it's super t- fun. Yeah. See, I, I don't think it's masterfully written. Again, to go back to talking about Battlestar Galactica, it's not as engaging as that. It's not going to win the, the plaudits that BSG did, but it's so much fun to like take a bath in, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so comfortable. And you've heard me say before, I just want to crawl through the screen and be on that ship with those characters. They seem like they're having so much fun, and it's so um, uh, lighthearted, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yep. And I mean, like the fact that the the um, Ed Cap, I, I can't remember his character's last name, but Ed Mercer, that his his thank you, Ed Mercer, that his totem of leadership is Kermit the Frog. <laughs> he just knows exactly like how to massage like uh, 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 people's hearts to make them be excited about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. So, so I, and that's, and I, and it looks like it's only in March. So that's just a couple months away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we could all use a little bit of levity. Indeed. Absolutely. Indeed. Yeah. I, I was rented a car recently and I, I got it from Hertz, but when I walked past the Avis, <laughs> yeah. I, I was reminded of that episode. And I, <laughs> I hope that was, I hope that was product placement. I hope they, 
they talked to somebody in the Avis marketing department and said, hey, we want to do this with the, so you can pass money. Because the big problem with speculative fiction is you can't do product placement. Like a show like The Office or Mad Men was just made for product placement, but Star Trek isn't. The only way you can do that is you can have Captain Kirk's ringtone be the Nokia yeah, don't ringtone. Remind us. And we can have Uhura order some Budweiser's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that one didn't bother me as much, especially since they filmed all the engineering scene in a Budweiser plant. (laughs) But like we did when I was in business school, we did a case study about how bad Nokia was. And I'm just sitting there thinking, there's no way that this thing is going to last to the 23rd century. Mm -hmm. It didn't even last another two or three years after the movie came out. No, no. It it was old at the time. Yep. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, we digress once again. But I think that Orville will be good. I hope you can finish watching it before then, uh, Brian, and that we can do an episode about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, oh, I absolutely will. I, I have like two or three episodes. It's not a lot. It's like I was right near the end and I just got distracted by something. I will definitely watch it. Okay. No question. Gotta be ready for season three. And I should probably rewatch it. Anyway, anything else on the Orville? Or do we want to move on? I think we can move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to make my pick. But my thing I'm most looking forward to, and anybody who knows me, including you two and several <laughs> people who listen to this podcast, probably know what that is. I'm very much looking forward to the the director's edition 4K update of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yeah, which we don't have a release date for yet, but it looks like they're getting fairly close to finishing it. Um, for those of you who don't know the details, it will be it's a complete update in 4K. It, they're redoing, they're reassembling the effects again, including not only the ones that they did in 2001, but they apparently have gotten access to Douglas Trumbull's original effects reels that oh, were shot cool. for the film in 65 millimeter, and they're recompositing. Wow. They're recompositing everything they can get their hands on. So it's. Like there, there were several. You know, when the movie was being made, there was a lot of uh, stress and various things going on. The movie was under a very tight deadline, and there were things that were put on the screen that have mistakes in them, and you know, just things that could have been done better had they had more time. All that stuff's going to be cleaned up. So it will premiere on Paramount Plus later in the year. It's like exclusive to Paramount Plus for I don't know how long. I would guess at least six months. I would think. And then maybe it'll have a Blu-ray release after that, maybe in time for the holidays. Who knows? Well, I hope it has a Blu-ray release because you're, you're always going to have issues over a stream with the yes. quality. Yes. But um, but yeah, I'm really excited about this. There's, They are definitely doing everything that they wanted to do in 2001 when they did the original release and then some. Just the fact that they've got the access to the original 65 millimeter effects elements of Trumbulls is incredible. Like all V'ger is going to look like the cloud and all the layers in the cloud and everything is just going to really pop in 4K with it. Wow. Oh, cool. And like I said, they re- if whatever they have of his that they can recomposite, like shots of the Enterprise leaving dry dock and stuff like that, it's going to look much, much, much cleaner than it did up until now. And I know when I watch this movie, I have to constantly remind myself that it was 1979 and that these are practical effects, which is is just cuckoo bananas. Because you look at the stuff and it's light play. And it's like, how how do you film pure light like that? How do you get these layers like that? And I, I didn't fully appreciate 
you know, I think I, I knew that, of course, it had to be um, a lot of practical effects. I don't think I fully appreciated the genius level of these effects until a few years ago at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. They had a panel on the making of like the effects for right. which Dark Trouble was that. And they, and they're, yeah. And they were showing like pictures of how they set things up. And I'm just like, how, how do you go from that to what we see on the screen? And that is really yeah. when it hit me, how amazing that, especially yeah. the end of, the, towards the, the end of the film, when you have those big scenes and you have Spock going in, you know, into V'ger and everything. It's just like, when you realize that's not CG, it, I don't know. It's mind blowing. Maybe I'm too, yeah. I'm, I'm too showing no, my no, young you, age here, but. You, no, you should no, be no. impressed with it. Yeah, we should have those guys on the corridor crew talk about how amazing the effects on that are, because I think that shot where like the Enterprise is born and like it sort of emerges from light at the very end, mm-hmm. I think that's the most beautiful shot in the franchise's history. You mean when right Beecher's like dissipating and and, tri- and leaving, and the Enterprise comes out of that? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. that's a gorgeous exactly. shot. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and like someone had a film camera and they took a picture of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's yeah. a thing that happened, and, and, yep. and they didn't just say, "Okay, we uh, need to do this. Let's download uh, a program or, or some code so that we can do this in After Effects." It's they had to sit there and say, "Wait, how do we put this whole thing together?" Seriously, yep. like it's physics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how does the light move through the lens? Level of yeah. physics. It's they were very lucky. They ultimately got Doug Trumbull and John Dykstra to do the effects because. There, if there is a visual effects hall of fame, the two of them are right, right near the very top. <laughs> they really are. You know, you know, Trumbull did 2001 before that. You know, mm-hmm. in 2001, the effects in 2001 still hold up. And then Dykstra did Star Wars. So it's like you, you, they had the right people at the right time. So Incredible stuff. I can't wait to see. Yeah, I am yeah, very, very much looking forward to that. And I'm hoping... At some point, maybe as it gets closer to release, we can have some of the guys who worked on it on the guys working on the director's edition. That is like Darren Docterman and Mike Medicino and David Fine. That I'm hoping awesome. that will happen. Yeah, that would, that could be cool. So we'll see. We shall see. So what else we got, gang? So much stuff. Hey, um, do you guys know much about this video game that they're talking about here? The uh, Star Trek Resurgence? Yeah, I saw an announcement for it, and it kind of—it's a TNG era game. It looks like fun. It's like going to be on consoles. It's actually going to be and more PC, of a game right? game, yeah, as opposed to a lot of the like online games we've been seeing lately for Trek, like those pay-to-play kind of games. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, like the the MMO with like the freemium model, where right. it's like, yeah, you can play for free, but right. to do anything, we're going to right, like Star Trek play. timelines and like those kinds of shit. Yeah, that stuff, you know. Um, this is more like a traditional console game, which yeah, it looks like it looks like something from the nineties, which yes. is appropriate. Yes, and with maybe like, better graphics. Yeah, well, of, just, of, of course, of course. <laughs> it's just great to see because we don't, you know, Star Trek video games are few and far between. So it's well, and as you say, they're all of one sort of certain style right now. Like if you want to play a Star Trek game app on your phone, there's a, there's a bunch of those. Right. But if you want to have a full console experience, you mm-hmm. know, the last thing that came out for a console was Bridge Crew. Oh, that was a little while ago. Which that is was a also while ago. like, it's so specialized. And that, it's very specialized. Yes. Yeah. Because of the VR component. Yep. Yeah. Still haven't got to play it. 
it's it's cool it's it's definitely the thing a kind of thing you have to do with your friends like it's you can play with strangers but it's not the same you definitely need you definitely need to have your friends there it's it's designed for people to play you know friends mm. to get together in their clubhouse kind of and play together you know what i mean that's what it's really for mm. so yeah but yeah a lot of people have vr headsets so yeah anyway yeah I'll, I'll try out resurgence i also like that they have like actual main characters with the story rather than like is is become more of the trend of so many other games is like you can be whoever you want to be Right. And then right. you like design your character or whatever. And then there's no like actual narrative around it. So right, I like right. that, that they, they have. So uh, first officer, Jera Rydek and engineering crew person, Carter Diaz. Crew person. <laughs> crew member. A different term. Crew person is too weird. Yeah. Crew member is fine. Yeah. Just crew. Yeah. Yeah. Crew member, I think is what the appropriate term, but whatever. Um, and Leonard Nimoy, or should I say Spock, will be making an appearance in the game as well. Yeah, I see him on the on the on Ambassador the Spock, that is. So it's it's pre Nemesis is what they're they It want seems you to, to be, yeah. It's definitely a TNG era game. I don't know if he's on Romulus or what the deal is. Mm. So yeah, but anyway, we'll that's that'll out. be cool to see. I hope it works out. I would very much like to play a new Star Trek game. So hopefully that will go well. What else? Yeah, oh, for, for the toy fans out there, obviously Playmates will be returning. They have the license back. Yeah, that's like such a big deal when it you is. for anyone who collects stuff too. Like yep, just yeah. seeing that Playmates name. Yeah, especially folks who grew you know grew up were, were kids during that era when the TNG figures were coming out and all the other that that I'm sure that gave them quite a thrill finding out that Playmates was returning. So, but they said uh, brand new attention to brand detail, authentic portrait sculpting, and new product innovations. So they will look, for, I would assume, quite a bit different than the Playmates that were popular in the '90s. I would think so. Yeah, I would hope they were so. a little bit, a little bit sturdier. <laughs> yeah, well, the, there's been a the bar has been raised quite a bit since then right. for, yeah. for, for for you know uh, figures and such. So, so hopefully. You'll get some good stuff out of that. Have they have they revealed any like images or is it just not that I'm aware of, no. No. It's been they announced they had the, they got the license back and then that was kinda it. The only thing is this one image that we have of like it's a playmates copyrighted thing and then it's just like figures beaming in, but you beaming can't see beaming in, anything. right. but you just see the outline, you can't really see what they are, right? Oh, I so. see one someone that looks like looks like a data type character on the left. Like it's a looks like a TNG. Oh yeah, I see it now. Uniform yeah. with the yellow. Right. Yeah, who knows? I'm sure they they probably didn't even have an, a, a final design at the time they made this graphic. No, no, I'm sure they just got the license back probably. So it was just a matter of just like, hey guys, we've got you know, we got the license back. Time to celebrate, and we'll we'll get back to you about what we're actually doing. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know much yet, but. That where they're expected to be kid friendly toys and potentially right. tied to Prodigy and the other new shows. Right, and we have been hearing that they were definitely going to make a, a a push with Prodigy, which makes sense since it's targeted at children. You you know, it's like it's about time. Like when there hasn't been good Star Trek toys in stores in ages in a long time. Yeah, I mean the last time that when they they started to attempt it a few years ago with McFarlane and. For a variety of reasons we won't get into now that did not work out. Yeah, no, I kind of blew that up. So, 
so hopefully this will work out for them. You know, they, yeah, there's been a long time since there's been, you know, you can go out and buy yourself a Jean-Luc Picard figure, you know? Mm-hmm. So what else do we have? Oh, Reed Pop and the Mission Chicago convention. The maybe Chicago convention. Yeah, so for those of you that are interested, Repop obviously now has the license for Star Trek conventions. Their creation lasted a couple of years ago. Um, Repop, the Star Wars Celebration, I think they do New York Comic Con. They do a lot of big, big events. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're a good, big company. They made their announcement, I guess, last summer, maybe late summer, early fall. I don't remember exactly when. Kate Mulgrew... And Anthony Rapp and Michelle Hurd and I think three or four other people, like six, maybe seven people. Um, they announced ticket prices and hotel information. And then they went into radio silence and we haven't heard from them since. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's to no one's surprise that given the situation with COVID, we're wondering now if this is going to happen. It's scheduled uh, as a four-day event that would start April 8th. Yeah. So in theory, things could be way better by then. You know, if previous trends hold, then the spring could be great, could be fine. Um, but the fact that they haven't talked about it at all and they're not acting as if they're pushing forward with it, you know, is... Yeah, it was weird. Like the last time they did any announcements was in October. So this was even before there was any issues with Omicron or anything. They just mm-hmm. made those announcements and then that was it. So it's very odd, and so we're, we're we're trying to find out what's what exactly is happening. I mean, it's less than three months away. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, that is just around the corner. People, yeah. people would want to be making their plans now. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. So it, will, will, it remains to be seen if we'll actually see it this year. I'm thinking it's a it's a fifty fifty chance at best. Yes, at best. Yeah, I would I agree. Think that's generous. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. So. Well, I think I suspect we will know one way or the other very soon, because as you said, it's less than three months away at this point. So you, people, if it is on, people need to know to book, particularly airline flights. And hotel rooms, because Chicago and is- time is, off from work. The, this location in particular in Chicago is a pricey area, so. Yeah, yeah, it's a little more expensive. So yeah, people need definitely need a little prep time for this, so- so if it is happening, hopefully they will make a point of getting the word out like within the next week. <laughs> well, and a- apparently the cruise is happening. Yeah, the cruise, the Star Trek cruise is still happening. Which I kind of find crazy. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we've all discussed before, you know, cruise ships, even in, in a good situation, are kind of like uh-huh. a floating, floating notorious. Petri dish. They're notorious yeah. for that. Yeah, so I mean, that's not to talk down to anybody who's who's going on the cruise, but just be if you're going, be very, 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 very careful. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it, it, it's it's a go, and I don't think I don't. I mean, not that I, I haven't been following the the week to week about it, but it doesn't seem like talent is canceling or anything like that. So, at least, yeah, not yet. And what do you remember when that's scheduled for? That's coming up too. It is. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. It seems like a weird choice. Yeah. It is. So of it is. all of all the of all the settings you could pick. Yep. So. Anyway, if it does happen, hopefully everybody ha- has a good time and stays safe. And you know, if the Mission Chicago thing happens, like likewise, I was really looking forward to going, and 
it's a bummer that there's a good chance it won't happen at all. Um, it, you know, why wouldn't they plan it in August? That's so weird to me. Probably because they don't want to run up against creation. Against like the Vegas convention, yeah, yeah, which went ahead last year, so might yep. be going ahead this year too. Again, just remains to be seen. Yeah, creation is still booking people. They uh, was it yesterday or today? They booked. Uh, they announced Jerry Ryan and a couple of folks from Discovery, some of the supporting cast. So I think they're up to like yeah. 30 people at this point, something like that. Yeah, and that just puts into perspective how strange the radio silence from Mission Chicago is yes. when constantly we're getting updates of we booked new guests, you know, three new guests here and here and here. And yeah. with creation, it's just business as usual, just adding guests so they can be like, now we have a million guests. Yeah, And Mission Chicago just, I don't even know how many guests that they ever even... Um, confirmed but it wasn't a huge number no it's like six there's like six, if you go on the website there's like six or seven people <laughs> yeah. i'm not kidding that's it it's like it's not much they announced yeah, that that's... first batch of folks and then that was and maybe like a couple more a week or two later and then that was it like they literally have done nothing since like mid-october i think yeah, it's like so, throw us a little a little hint because we're trying yeah. to figure out if we should plan to go to this or not yes but... yes well that, that's the whole thing especially yeah especially for the truck movie gang because yeah coverage needs to be done and People have to take vacation and so on. So yeah, the sooner we know, the better. Yeah. So, but if this doesn't work out, they will be very likely will be a Vegas con at the end of August. Yeah, I think that's a strong possibility. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, another thing I wanted to highlight um, in terms of stuff looking forward to this year is the Voyager documentary. Yes. So this yeah, is- I hadn't heard about this at all. Really? Yeah, it's been in the works for a few years. Um, they yeah, had we had a they had a panel in Vegas for it. Mm-hmm. And they had like record breaking Kickstarters. Yep. And, yep. Um, it's set. the The goal is to have a late twenty twenty two release, and this is it's going to be called "To the Journey: Looking Back at Star Trek Voyager." Yep. Um, and it's the uh, the team behind a series of popular Trek documentaries. Um, following up on the twenty eighteen DS nine documentary, "What We Left Behind." Um, which was a huge hit. I love that documentary. Yeah, it was great. I think it was that, wonderful. that it was that, good. Yep. Th- that group is, is that team is excellent. So it's going to be awesome to see what they do with Voyager. Um, I th- I'm super excited about it. I- I'm a huge Voyager fan, fan of Kate Mulgrew. And I think this is well-deserved that the, the Voyager crew gets some nostalgia and gets its own documentary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is it worth mentioning the 2023 movie there's so little about it that we know though i think the fact i i I think a lot of people don't even realize it's a thing yeah i forget i often i'm like oh yeah 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 and i'll to be honest with you i'll be i'll believe it when i see it i I don't believe that things (laughs) that's fair i really don't that was that was always my reaction to the idea of quentin tarantino directing a star trek movie oh oh yes i agree although i would love it I would, that would be great. I, at the very least, I want to read the script for that one day. Yeah, I hope. I hope. I would that be comes more interested in him making a movie that's like set during Star Trek when it was being made, sort of like an interquel to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but yeah. about William Shatner instead of Sharon Tate. That's what I would like. To see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was surprised that he didn't throw any little bit of Trek in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was mm. it it was conspicuous by its absence, wasn't it? It was because like I mean the movie takes place during sixty nine. I mean the movie opens right after Trek ceased production, but it was still on the air. 
And it's kind of like I, I thought he would, at the very least he might slip a little message, you know, when they're driving around town, when Cliff's driving around town on the radio, you know. Star mm-hmm. Trek's William Shatner like will be appearing landing. at, you know, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, anyway. But yeah, his that movie was supposedly going to be pretty crazy. It was going to be some sort of gangster thing. It was going to, I think, <laughs> mostly be involving the, the original series characters, but... I wonder if we could have, would have seen our old pal Bella Oxmix. It's possible. <laughs> Him and Jojo Cracko. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, get us some of them fancy heaters. heaters. (laughs) (laughs) I would pay good money to see that movie directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yes, I I would definitely see. Yeah, Return of the Iosha. Another piece of the action. Another piece of another. That's the title right there. Done. Wrap it up, gang. Another piece of the action. You're getting all these free ideas (laughs) here tonight. Seriously. But allegedly, there's a holiday 2023 movie coming out. And so I guess what we're looking forward to in 2022 is more about that and um, more set in stone um, news that it's going to happen. Yes. It's just like one to watch. Yes. There's a lot of moving parts to that movie. So we'll see what happens. Do we we know anything at all? Like, who's going to... Says Abrams has hired WandaVision's right. Matt Schick, Matt Schick, right, right, right. WandaVision was great, by the way. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, yeah, it's a bunch of Marvel type stuff, Marvel people involved. Um, script apparently is finished, but there's been a new studio head brought in in the fall, and I know he wanted the script reworked, which is why it got pushed back further which is why it's now a Christmas release for next year. So who knows? Like one, one, I thought it had a decent chance of going before the studio shakeup happened. When studio shakeups happen, they tend to, you know, new person comes in and they have a different feel for everything and they just blow it up. And Mm. when that happens, it usually throws everything into major delays. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because they want to redo everything to make, conform with the way they want it yeah so yeah so we'll see what happens there we'll see what there's definitely gonna be a feature that comes it's just a matter of when and i can't believe it'll have anything to do with um the uh, kelvin cast it seems like that ship has sailed so i mean it's been set it's been i mean it's been six years this year since beyond yeah that's a long time that is a long time geez I feel like whatever momentum they had at all is kind of gone. So it, they're probably just going to start over again. Whether they do, I don't know what characters, whether they're going to be nice to see original characters, but who knows if they'll, they'll do that. They'll probably just try to recast the original characters again. Okay. It's Here all about again. brand. It's all about brand recognition, Keller. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. It's all about brand recognition and hoping the Chinese like it. Yeah, yeah, worldwide markets, yeah, especially for Trek. That's mm-hmm. a very, as we've discussed in this podcast before. International uh, markets are a challenge for Star Trek. Yeah, well, guys, um, that there's a lot of stuff to look forward to in 2022. I mean, yep. we just mentioned a ton of things, and we that is a non-exhaustive list of yes. all the stuff that's happening. And if, absolutely, if you guys want to check out more, if we missed the favorite thing that you're anticipating, go see if it's already um, on our article on trekmovie.com. 
preview of Star Trek for 2022, what we are most anticipating. And if it's not in this podcast and it's not on that article, then you should write us a sternly worded letter in the comments section of that article. Because we may I also it. interject if you have ideas and suggestions for content that the shuttle pod can discuss, we're always interested in ideas that you may have for us. Yes, indeed. Totally. Well, glad to be back, you guys. It was yes. great chatting with mm-hmm. you both. Likewise. And I look for you know what I'm most anticipating to twenty in twenty twenty two? What's that? Is a bunch of fun episodes of the Shuttle Pop. Oh. <laughs> I like the sound of that. I do too. I've I've missed having this as an outlet. Yes, I miss you guys. Ditto. Thanks, Brian. I'm I miss you guys too. Yeah, right. Especially since we don't travel as much as we used to, so I don't I don't poke my head into New York the way I right. Did that's right. That's a couple right. years ago. Yep. Things will return to normal one day. They will. They will. All right, gang. Well, I think that about does it for us. Okay. We'll see you guys again next Shuttle Pod. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.